Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trudge through the ink and you find the hidden... Should I just go with gems this time? I'm tired of making up new ones. I don't. Time. I don't. I can't think of what sort of gimmick we would have today. So please, I don't know. But like, because we don't have a special gimmick, we're just doing the normal friggin' podcast. Yeah. Anyways, I'm H.C. the Raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sir the cat. Hi. Hi. Okay. So uh, today is this is the part where we usually talk about cartoon news, but. I was lazy, and I didn't really have cartoon news, because there's actually not a lot going on. That's it's a slow news week. Honestly. I mean, uh, do you have anything, Casey? Um, not that comes immediately to mind. Okay. Uh, uh, and- I will say there's probably a bunch of Halloween specials that are going to be on Cartoon Network and stuff, so get yeah, ready for that. I think that David S. Pumpkins thing is supposed to premiere sometime Except soon. this episode is after Halloween. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is so. Yeah. I, I <laughs> I to, no, it's this fine. Is a, this first chunk is a bonus Halloween episode. Woo! Okay. It anyway. takes it takes two weeks, like minimum, for a podcast to travel through Hammerspace. So <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's what we're saying. Yeah, friends, countrymen. It's still Halloween in my heart. So I mean, I, I, here's the thing: it's like. uh I don't want to talk about really negative stuff because I did find one really kind of blech thing that I was kind of like, blech. but, uh, I mean, like, I mean, the, if like, you want to talk about it, then I mean, okay, here's the thing. Uh, I mean, one, we could talk about the sexual harassment allegations. Like there's been a lot of them going around like lately, ever since like, uh, the Weinstein guy, he got out as being a total pervert asshole. Um, there have been other places that have kind of, and one of the places is the animation industry. It's so much so that there's one guy uh, at Nickelodeon who was uh, who was uh, forced to retire. Well, I don't think he he stepped down. I don't know if he was forced to retire, but because he had a bunch of women saying, "Yeah, he said that for sexual favors, I can get you animation work." <laughs> so this and- uh, this is actually. All right, so let's be brief about this because it is not like a super great way to start the podcast. Exactly, yeah. that's why that's why I didn't want to bring it up. Just, but like this is, I can think of, I can think of no less just off the top of my head, like without spending time researching, I can think of like no less than eight instances of this exact thing happening this year, which yeah. I'm hoping is evidence that people are becoming more comfortable talking about it and not the other potential implication of it, which is that it's getting worse. We have yeah. a, uh, I, we have a pervading problem in society with this sort of thing. And hopefully this year will prove like productive in rooting that out and like starting up protections for this sort of thing. There's and this thing. 
Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go no, that's fine. No, finish up. Finish up. I was just gonna say let's leave it at that. But if you have anything else to say, I'm okay with that as well. Well, all I want to say is that like, there's a very like well known kind of phenomenon that like when it, the news like once we started to get to the point where we had like 24 hour news networks and stuff like that, uh, we got this like spike of people thinking that the world is just worse and stuff like that but really it's not that it's just that we get to see more of the bad stuff because of how our society is crafted nowadays where we can basically see every corner of the world like simultaneously and really there's no it's not that we're getting worse it's just we're more aware that things are bad and the way i tend to put this like i i like to be a little bit more optimistic than some and i tend to like to think of it as like okay so once we get the grasp that that's what's going on, we as humanity will learn to become better and actually fix it. And we're kind of seeing that sort of, and this might be an instance of that. No, where... I, th- I think that's a really good way of looking at it. And furthermore, I mean, the alternative that we don't see this stuff would be obviously way worse. So Exactly. And I like I can't obviously speak to specific allegations or anything because like, I know nothing about them, but I do support people coming out if they feel like that they've been like wronged in the industry for this kind of thing. And, uh, cause the, the best thing you can do in these situations is just believe what the people who are abused are saying, you know, that, that's like, that's like the easiest courtesy you can give them, you know? Nah, yeah, you're right. This, this stuff is kind of important to me as well. And yeah. ugh, God, it, these are always messy situations. So like, ugh. I, I, that's why I didn't necessarily want to talk about them. They're just nah, hard I to talk about. They you know? they are extremely. Um, but I don't know. And I guess bad, but less bad, like significantly less bad news. Uh, well, they are doing an Adam's Family CG movie. Are they really? Uh, yeah, oh, like an anime yes, 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 yes. Wait, that's really but, funny because, all right. But. What production company? Well, I don't know the production company. Okay. Oh, yeah. it's MGM. It's MGM. But uh, here's the thing. The guy who's directing it is Conrad, Conrad Vernon. Now, if you don't know who that is, he's the co-director of Sausage Party. Oh, well, we'll see if he... So, like, all right, let's not give up hope yet because yeah, our, no. our tour theory is bullshit and we... No, no. There's a chance that maybe... <laughs> Yeah, maybe no, some the, of the other people who work on this are going to save it. Like I, no, yeah, like especially with an animated project, so many hands go so over the place. And honestly, you can't just blame an entire production on a single person's vision. But let's let's I also really do not want an edgy Adams family because Adams yeah. family is already kind of like the whole point is already kind of an edgy premise already. Um, but no, we don't except, need except uh, like it's, it's edgy. It's, it's not Adam's edgy. Family. It's not edgy. It's really wholesome. It's just like it. It's just the wholesomeness of it is juxtaposed by the gothicness of it. Well, yeah, so I mean, like, like there's there's still people who like love to revel in death and think it's great that they're killed children are trying to kill each other and stuff like that. And that's kind yeah, of but edgy, it's but not it, it's not shocking, so it's not edgy. No, exactly. It's not shocking. The Adams family are not doing this to shock people. Yeah. They're doing it because they love it and it's their personal thing. And they rarely ever force other people into it unless they're like actually like being shitty, you know. Yeah, it's see, very I, live I, action I almost, slapstick. Yeah, see, I guess that that's the that's my other thought is I almost wish they were just doing another live action 
uh, Adam's family. In fact, I tweeted no, you don't. about this. No, I do because no, like I no, tweeted no, about this. Are you going to let me finish my thought? I t- okay. <laughs> I okay, tweeted okay. about this. I tweeted about this earlier in the week, and I had the most amazing idea. I think that Gomez Adams needs to be portrayed live by none other than Paul F. Tompkins. Okay, Is that, that not would be perfect? Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So if if we could find a way to get that to happen, you know, and if if we could get like a good set of hands on writing a story and directing the film and yeah, just but like now all, all I could stuff. think of is Mr. Peanut Butter being <laughs> Gomez Adams for Halloween and completely <laughs> not getting it. <laughs> Maybe, but like. I don't know. He's just a spitting image. It's just perfect. Oh, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Paul F. Tompkins wouldn't get it. I'm saying Mr. Peanut Butter yeah. wouldn't get Gomez Adams. Yeah. That's, um, but, no, yeah, I, I think that'd be all right. But then, like, there have been so many live action Adams Family films made that. Do you mean two? No, 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 no. There are way more than that. Like, uh, if you look at, they're all straight to DVD. Which is Okay, so I want, I want but, a not straight to DVD one. But here's the thing. Those have Tim Curry as Gomez, and they still somehow sucked. <laughs> but they're the ones that the ones that were not straight to DVD did not suck, though. Consider well, yeah, that. <laughs> but they also have Roll Julia, and they're never gonna get. Uh, they're never gonna get. Oh, what's her? The woman who played Morticia. Oh my god. Oh my god. I don't know. Like, she is a wonderful actress, and I am sorry that I forgot her name. Just because I'm a terrible person, honestly. Uh, and the woman who played like obviously we can't get the woman who did Wesley Adams again because she was freaking phenomenal. But they'll never be able to do that again. Oh man, could you imagine if like uh, if it was just uh, if it was just ten years ago when we got Aubrey Plaza as Wednesday Adams? Uh, yeah, wouldn't that be good? <laughs> yeah. Be so good. Uh, oh well, like this is this is a pointless conversation because it's all well, pipe dreams, and they've already announced an upcoming Adams Family movie. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it will be. Well, a I, I have a I have a thing to put in here. I mean, like with with these like nostalgia projects, sometimes you get someone that really like really appreciates the older work and turns out something that has a lot of heart and love in it, like uh, like the like the guy who made How I Met Your Mother. Not um, the one that started in it, right. like that guy. When he, when he, and I think it was Amy Adams got together to do the Muppets. Would you oh, have expected uh, that to turn out so great as it was? Robert Siegel, Robert. Yeah. No, no, Robert no, Siegel. Jason Siegel. No, Jason, Jason Siegel. Robert yeah. Siegel's the NPR dude. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. J, it was Jason Siegel and Amy Adams and the Muppets. Yeah. So like, if it's a passion project, I believe it could be good. And yeah. once once again, our and, tour theory is bullshit. So like, there's and who knows. Maybe the reason why Sausage Party sucked ass is because it was Seth Rogen's fault. <laughs> well, it's, it sucked ass possible. for a myriad of reasons, but I don't <laughs> feel like talking about it. Like, it is it is no. literally, I think, the worst movie I've seen, period. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not a lot of competition there. Well, yeah, so, like, like I was invited to go see Sausage Party, and uh, and my immediate thought was, oh, I don't want to go see Sausage Party, but then then, like... I just kind of had to weigh it out in my head. Like, do I value more not going to see a bad movie or the company of my friends? And I decided that I valued the company of my friends more and I was wrong. And I think I've already, (laughs) I think this is the second time I've repeated this anecdote on this podcast, actually. (laughs) No, no, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into why I hate Sausage Party again. 
Cause yeah, like, I feel like I'm, I would get exhausted if I tried to talk about it. But like, I don't know. It's tough to talk about Sausage Party because on one hand, I don't want to say it's the worst thing I ever seen in my life. But on the other hand, I struggle to think of things that were worse. Yeah. So maybe I'm just being too nice. I don't know. I wish I had another. So like, I don't know. Like I looked up, I just looked up like animation news. I guess there's someone was set up to direct Crudes 2 and it's someone who worked on other uh, DreamWorks movies. That that fell through, didn't it? I haven't I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen all of the Crudes, but what I've been told is that it's actually a Nicolas Cage freakout movie in disguise, and that's kind of in, that's kind of tempting. <laughs> uh, I mean, the only other thing I have to talk about, well, two I have two things. One, um, there's a really cute short that came out not too long ago called "Here's the Plan." Uh, which was, uh, it's like a stop, it's like an animated CG, like independent film that's about a corgi and a cat who try to open a bakery together and they get married and. Oh, uh, I love about, it. And like, you know, they, they try to go through like doing it, but things get in the way. So they get normal jobs and it's a, you know, honestly, the plot is a super predictable plot, but it's still a really cute short, and I think the designs are adorable, and that's all I really can say about it, other than say, go watch it. It's pretty easy to find. That's Here's the Plan. Uh, it won some awards, apparently. But uh, the other thing I had to bring up is that I've been watching a lot of CN shows lately, and I really got into Clarence, actually, very recently. I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah, like... On one hand, there are parts of me that say, like, I shouldn't like this because there are t- episodes that definitely fall heavily into tropes I do not like in cartoons, uh, which is kind of like a little preamble to our little discussion later tonight. But Hey, you got you got fuel now for that fire. Um, but, like, here's the thing. Clarence also is a show that has a protagonist that's kind of an idiot and is, like, super nice and naive, but it's also portrayed in a way where he is not only, like, a good person, but nobody is like cruel about the fact that he's like naive and nice and stuff. Like he's actually like well liked because he's just a good person and doesn't pe- treat people like garbage. So yeah, of course people are gonna freaking like him, even though he might be a bit simple or kind of you know a-, a bit like rough around the edges at times, but you know a bit weird. But he's still a good dude, and there are actually a lot of episodes that are really adorable. Uh, oh, also, there's a lot of gay stuff in it because uh, one, there's an episode where the teacher has is the t- teacher character is on a blind date, and she sees a guy that's like really attractive, and she, she and she's like, oh, is that him? Oh my god, and waves at her, and then uh, it's like no, and then then a guy comes in, and he's like, then uh, they start hugging each other, and then like 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 nuzzling each other and stuff like that, and they start walk away. And she's like, oh well, that's that's nice. <laughs> that's still but um uh and then there's also the fact one of the main characters jeff who's like this uh kind of neurotic smarty smart smart guy uh he is uh he has uh two mothers they are a lesbian couple and they're actually really cool characters and i like them mm, good yeah and it's never really an issue. Like, there's not, like, a special episode about it. It's just, hey, Jeff has two moms. There you go. <laughs> Let's see. 
I watched Jan Svankmeyer's Alice last mm. week. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Which is, uh, he's, uh, he's kind of a surrealist stop-motion animator who uses, uh, I he uses a lot of... Yeah, like, I haven't seen that short. I've Not short, but I haven't seen that movie. I wanted to see it. Uh, but I did see the review that Cal Calgren did of that movie. And did he do looks one? Like I, thought he, I thought he did... I thought he did Little Lottick. You might have done both, and I've only seen the latter. But, like, I have seen... So, Jan Svankmeyer's Alice is, like... It's, like, this really crazy, weird uh, adaptation of Alice in Wonderland where, like, I guess the concept of it was uh, he wanted Alice in Wonderland to be portrayed as an amoral dream. Uh, and so, so he wanted more surrealist imagery in his surrealist story. Yeah, so he wanted he wanted it to be more surreal and he wanted it to be less allegorical. So he kind of just made, like, this really... Uh, just, like, this really visually stunning... Uh, uh, movie with very jarring animation. Um, everything is very rigid, and uh, and everything is made with like household materials. Uh, There's a dead fish head on like a doll, and that's like a character that chases Alice. Oh around. yeah, and like and like that's that's kind of standard fare. Like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of characters in that uh, that are made of uh, that are made of uh, sort animals. of well yeah Sounds and that, that may be nightmarish. Yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, it's pretty it's Slightly. pretty unsettling, which is funny because it starts with it's you we talked about La Belle at La Bette a while back about how mm. it's how that movie starts with kind of a you, you know like a like a disclaimer about please make sure you use the logic of a child while watching this film, you know, like yeah. Alice does the same thing. Um, mm. you know, where it's like, this is a movie for children. And what, what they say is like, uh, is like, but make sure you watch it with your eyes closed or you won't see anything. And like, it's kind of the same thing. The irony being the, the ensuing one and a half hours that follows that is, would, would be miserable for a child, not only because of <laughs> scary things, but also because it's kind of a little bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, but I actually really liked it. I thought it was a great movie. What was the director's name again? Jan Svankmeyer. Yeah, Jan Svankmeyer. Uh, yeah, Kyle Gallagher's done several videos that involved his work. Uh, mm-hmm. One is the A Little Arctic, uh, which is his like most recent one. And then he did an episode on Alice, which is one of his older ones. And I don't think it's up on his channel anymore because it was during the period where he was like doing a lot of riff riff reviewing where he was mm-hmm. kind of watching and make fun of them at the same time. And after he decided to go for a more educational channel, he basically tore down a lot of those one, old ones that weren't like, like that didn't really have any like value in an educational sense down uh, and didn't put them back up. And I think I, I understand that move, but I also like there were episodes of that that actually taught me a lot about like avant-garde cinema and stuff like that. But, Anyways, uh, and the third time he talked about it was when he was during Shakespeare Month, which was mm-hmm. where he where he talked about the uh, stop motion uh, silent version of uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream, because uh, then he talked about how Young Svankmeyer, uh he was kind of exiled by the Russian uh, government because of like his films like not filling a certain like propagandistic kind of like feel to it, like. I, it's a complicated situation, but I, he's an interesting dude, even though I've never really seen any of his stuff yet, though I do want to see Alice really badly. 
Yeah, I recommend it. And since we talked about uh, his channel for a few minutes, I also recommend to our audience at home looking at uh, Kyle Calgren's videos on YouTube if you like video essays or uh, his girlfriend, Jordane Searles, who does a podcast called Bad Romance. Uh, that is not a paid endorsement. It's just a really good podcast where they watch. Uh, it's kind of like ours. They watch uh, bad romantic comedy movies and they talk about them. Oh, that's cool. Uh, actually, yeah. I actually haven't listened to that. Watch yeah, it's really homework. good. That's cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, for all sure. Right. So, okay, after all this nonsense of uh, slow news days, let's go back to the list. The list. So, uh, for people who don't know or have listened to this podcast back when we were like not doing the normal thing we normally do, uh, what we do is we watch stuff that is in the public domain or, uh, or at least are very easily available to watch. Uh, and uh, we have like this list from this DVD, like this DVD collection that we have uh, of a bunch of different cartoons that are on that, uh, that are on this collection. And uh, we talk about them, basically. We watch three every time. And sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're very bad, and sometimes they are boring. So hopefully we get some decent looks at today. So, all right, Alex, start the drum roll. I am hoping for good things. Okay, so we are going to watch a comic color cartoon. A what now? Uh, a comic color like it's C-O-M-I-C-O-L-O-R, comic color. Oh, so both words kind of share a C. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. the, the, the thing we're going to watch. It's called Happy Days. Hey. 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 Harry Winkler. Hey. Okay. That dude from Arrested Development. Hey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, hmm. uh, so this cartoon kind of has a little rascals ish kind of vibe going on. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. about like, uh, it's about a bunch of, so it's about a bunch of kids. At first I thought they were multiracial until I noticed some of them switching race partway through the cartoon. I'm sure it was just <laughs> like, <laughs> just like a color. This is the 1930s. Do you really think so? Well, if no, this like, is well, multiracial, why well, would be a black face? Yeah, I guess it's, it's about, it's about white people. It's a cartoon about white kids. And, uh, and I mean, they, like, yeah. like, like I looked up, okay, here's the thing. Throughout watching this cartoon, I didn't really watch it super well. I mean, I kind of saw the bits and pieces of it. I was doing research because I've never heard of this company before or this producer. Or I thought that these characters might have been something from something else. Uh, and I am right on that last bit because I actually Wait, really? took, it took me a little bit of digging. Yeah, because but, it's, yeah. it's about Pinhead. So it's, a, it's what happens before Hellraiser. Exactly. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, the the comic series is called Reglar Feller, Fellers, which is R E G apostrophe L A R F L L F E L L E R S. So Reglar Fellers. 
And uh, it's a comic that ran from 
Huh. It's just, uh, oh, <laughs> I found an IMD review <laughs> of this cartoon. Uh, yeah. Enjoyable, dot, 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 dot. If you just turn off your brain and enjoy, final cartoon pinhead, lovely background, sell cars to kids? Black Joe, turn off brain. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's like the first sentence of that freaking thing. I'm not going to read the entire thing because like that was I thought it was actually just that. But then I pressed little dots and showed a lot more. But. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, but that is what happens in the cartoon. So, like, the the kids are... It starts out with, like, a bunch of kids digging for worms, right? And one of them is, like... A, and it was actually really weird because, like, when the cartoon opened up and the kids were all digging in the yard for worms, one of them was like, man, I've been digging all day. And my thought is, are these kids supposed to be prospectors? at first i thought yeah at first i thought they were digging for oil like i thought the the whole plot was gonna be them trying to like dig up oil or something because like like, that's a very 1930s thing honestly but still and that's what the line felt like no they're looking for worms and pinhead the littlest one comes by and uh um, nobody likes this little pinhead yeah nobody likes nobody likes (laughs) pinhead and uh and uh (laughs) I, I still can't I still can't say Pinhead without imagining Pinhead from Hellraiser. Like, <laughs> Nobody likes him because he has such sights to show them. Who you calling I mean, Pinhead? <laughs> well, <laughs> I found another IMD review that yeah. I have to read out loud. I'm sorry. Um, the hero of this story is Pinhead, a term I've never hear outside of the O'Reilly Factor, where his host calls the dopey people Pinheads. Here, the neighborhood kids call the wimpy little one Pinhead. Obviously, he is the outcast of the group. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Insightful. Fantastic insights from IMDb. Um, but yeah, so thank you, CC the Movie Man Dash One. For your view, you made it May eighth, two thousand eight. Yeah. So, so Lil Pinhead from Hellraiser goes uh, goes over to a golf course where there's this guy, like this really angry guy who's trying to uh, he's trying to hit a golf ball uh, with a nine yeah, iron or something. Nothing, and, uh, and like nothing happens with that. Well, it, it kind of eventually, like what it, what it kind of establishes is that the kids want to go fishing, which becomes eventually important, but. He's trying to hit a golf ball and he's yelling four and the kid counts the worms that come out of the hole that that the guy made when he hits the golf ball or when he tries to hit it but ends up getting only grass. You know, like four worms come out and the kid's like four and then the guy does it again and he's like four and then five worms come out and then Pinhead is like five and the guy gets in a fight with him because he's like no four five four five and then the punchline is the guy gets really mad and leaves so funny that's, joke that's um, the level of jokes that yeah. we have in this cartoon and, uh, <laughs> and i like it's comedy it sounds like word garbage soup what i just said like you you would just have to watch it to understand because it's so difficult to describe exactly no what no no what, no, what you described sounded like a joke that a little kid was trying to tell you that's like three years old who's just learning the idea of jokes well, and that was ma- an idea maybe of a joke but it's also him. i also don't feel like i also don't feel like you can come like you can conjure an image in your head of what happened just by what I described. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but I also think that you can't conjure an image of what happened without watching this. I don't necessarily think yeah, you should do that. So either. that's that's basically <laughs> that's basically it, guys. And so then he's got a whole fuck ton of worms, and he walks back to uh, 
He walks back to the other kids. To, <laughs> Just like you, Casey. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shut <laughs> up. So, like, <laughs> so he you walks, really should get this checked out, dude. Yeah. Seriously. All right. Well, he walks past. Um, he walks past the prospector chillins, and they uh, and they notice that his bucket's full of worms, and they get really jealous, and they're like, "I knew you'd come through for us," and they want the worms. So I. There's so little I remember about the segue between this and what happens next in the cartoon, which is that they go to a car dealership and You know, I was I was I was just wondering if that was because I was looking down looking re- reference like trying to find more about Comic Caller or whatever, but like uh no, it, it just apparently was just that sudden and came out of nowhere. Yeah, so they go to a car dealership and then this this slimy car salesman tries to sell them a broken car. And uh, and the way that this car operates is that the car salesman uh, and all the kids sit in the car and his assistant pushes it from behind in such a way that he's trying to hide and not be seen. And uh, and it uh, well, like the crazy thing is, like, they're trying to sell it to these kids for 50 cents. Now, I don't know that much about inflation, but uh I, I'm pretty sure that an auto body, broken or otherwise, like fifty cents is a pretty screaming deal. Yeah. Well, that's because it is a piece of garbage, and like, yeah, <laughs> like only only Pinhead really knows this, and like he keeps on trying to point it back to like the freaking car dealership, like the car dealer. He's like, uh, "Oh, I can't wait to open up." Uh, this baby like the can't wait to open this baby up and then Pinhead's like yeah no the moss will come flying out and uh then the car dealer just like this this face that's just like one eye open just looking into this death glare that's just like he does like that twice in the cartoon yeah i think it's like the exact same animation too yeah i think there are three moments there where pinhead says something smarmy and then the car salesman uh kind of looks back at him in disdain and then uh, the kids buy the car for fifty cents, and then they actually. Well, well manage... the jokes on that, the jokes on the car dealer because they managed to make the car fly. Well, yeah, but that that's later because they they end up driving the car. Like how it flies is incredible to me, and not for the reason you think. Because like what happens is they drive the car somehow a little ways and discover that it's out of gas, and uh, and so they go to a gas station. And they ask the attendant to fill up the car, and they're like, oh, no, the tires are flat. I'm not sure, and, but I think in the uh, in the section right before that, they have a close-up of the dashboard, and it says full tank on the uh, dashboard. Yeah, so. well, they're stupid kids, Laziness, and they were, yeah. sold, a, they were sold a non-car, so, like... Uh, Whatever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but, like, like what happens next, though, is... You know how when you go to a gas station and you want to fill up your tires, sometimes they have a hose that says helium for dirigibles on it. <laughs> because apparently... You know, for, you know, for when the kid goes there and just wants to huff some helium before he goes... Helium, helium for dirigibles. <laughs> Specifically. And it is labeled that in bright red letters, and that is what they fill the tire up with. Oops, common mistake. I do that every what time. The f- is a dirigible. A dirigible? That's a that's a high air balloon or a zeppelin. Yeah. What? So, yeah. Wait. What? Yeah. So that's. Yeah. 
So that's what happens is, at, you know, they, the, ga- they, the gas uh, station where they fill up dirigibles. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I have no, I have nothing to say. Yeah. So yeah, the car starts flying away, just like in that one vine with the Irish guys talking about the car not being made for healing. Boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're flying the car now. And, uh, just, just, yeah, just, just talking about this cartoon, like in sequence is making me realize how many things happened in it because it didn't feel like that many, like they're flying up during a unveiling of a statue and the statue is of, of Ayn Rand, of <laughs> the statue of is of, is of Ayn Rand and a cannon, presumably, <laughs> The, a very masculine Anne Rand, but yes, nonetheless. The, the canon of ethical egoism or something. And so, <laughs> they're, so they're flying the car. And uh, I don't remember what prompts it, but the cannon fires a bullet bill that, uh, that <laughs> flies around and pops the tires. And then the car lands super mario odyssey in stores now yeah i'm really excited and the car lands in in the (laughs) pond where all the other kids have gone fishing see now we're back to the fishing thing again and uh and everyone gets out of the pond except for pinhead and they're worried he's drowned but it turns out he's wrestling and murdering a fish who is like a really big and seemingly quite sentient fish (laughs) so and 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 the last line is uh, this fish is 25 pounds and then like the other kid goes how do you know that and then he, uh, Pinhead goes this fish came with its own this fish came with its own scales and then and they immediately like irised out of that into the end like they were no, 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 it irises out and then the book slams shut because it's mad that it made that joke at the very end yeah <laughs> so there you go um okay this is I a this is a weird one KC, yeah. KC, you posit that there was a lot in this cartoon that you forgot about because, like, it didn't seem as long as that. Like, no, no, no. Like I, I said, it. I said it felt like a lot of stuff. Like talking about everything that happened took longer than watching the cartoon did because a lot of stuff happens yeah. in it. Well, yeah. I just have one other thing I want to say before you go into the next cartoon. Uh, Comic Color, who is the studio that produced these uh, shorts, is basically on, on like when I looked I, when I googled them up, their two most notable uh, their two most notable shorts were Balloon Land, which Wait. you might know. Yes, you might know that from uh, the magical sh- uh, Merlin's magical shop of wonders from the like, the cartoon that the little kids watching in that that um, the uh, Mystery and- Science Theater three thousand episode. Yeah, well, it's also a movie, but yeah, it's the Mystery Science 3000 movie. That's where I saw it from. And Little Black Sambo, which is a one of the most notorious oh uh, blackface cartoons. Oh, and no. And it is not on this collection. <laughs> Thank Oh, <laughs> boy. So, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. So, wait a minute. Do Proximity of Rascals to the company showcases how racist that company is. Oh, Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> New cartoon. I'm too white to talk about this. Uh, anyways. Alex, let's start the drum roll.
Okay. We are going to watch a cartoon called... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Professor Yaya's Memoirs. Professor Yaya. You got me. The, the prequel to, <laughs> to the Yaya sisterhood or whatever. <laughs> yeah. We're full of cultural references today. <laughs> Yay! So uh, Gerard Hoffnung, I believe that's how you pronounce, uh, he is a, a German artist who specialized uh, uh, in mu- uh, musical cartooning. He was a tuba player by trade, but um, he uh, he did a lot of uh, he did a lot of uh, like fav- like a lot of really good cartoon art from that era. That's like uh, pretty well respected in his home country. Uh, and they're actually pretty cute, funny images. Like there's a image of a, a hippopotamus with a little teeth where the teeth are like uh are like little piano notes and stuff and like uh uh there's like a whole bunch of these cool looking uh designs of uh animals as uh animals as like drum sets and stuff like that um and it's actually pretty nice stuff um this cartoon was adaptation of those cartoons uh of these uh like actual like like this physical like moving cartoon is an adaptation of these uh cartoonist panels and I think it was a horror show that also was very boring. <laughs> uh, I get what this is, though, because uh, so, the thing at the end with the this thing being sponsored by the uh, BBC, that it, I get what this is now. This is a uh, this is time filler that they probably slide in in between like kid shows because it has a bunch of classical music in it. Yeah, oh, yeah so like, like what it, what it reminded me of actually a little bit was Schoolhouse Rock. Oh yeah, I can um, see that vaguely. Yeah, vaguely. like well, yeah. I, I I think the animation style was very similar to Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, I can um, see that. So, uh, so this is this is kind of a strange. Um, I wouldn't call it educational <laughs> cartoon <laughs> where like a, no, no like a no, guy no. a guy gets a he gets a postcard from his family. The and titular then, Professor Yaya. Yeah. The so Professor Yaya, um Lady Gaga's grandfather. That was a good joke. <laughs> um, so You know uh, it's a good joke because you <laughs> labeled it as a good joke. Um so he gets he gets his postcard and it kind of goes down the assembly of his entire family line, uh highlighting each person in a vignette. Uh, where they kind of have an isolated little 20 to 30 second clip of themselves singing and it will have uh, some opera and a little, uh, like just a little... uh, Visual gag. Almost, yeah, almost funny, like almost comedy uh, (laughs) segment to go with it. Um, And Well, okay, I have two things to say about this. Um, One... If these were like cutouts, like each specific, like each specific like little segment was cut out, and then they just put like Nickelodeon at the very end, it'd be like a perfect bump, like visual of like a bumper from the Nickelodeon in the '90s, where it just had like the weird cartoon kind of things, you know? Yeah, like it, it kind of reminds me of that. But also, if these were cut in, like say. Uh, like an episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus as like one of the Terry Gilliam animated segments, 
like they're a little less like mature. They're a little less like immature and a little less like crude. Um, you well, know, to be crude. fair, the sound guy for this was called Jacking. So, oh yeah, but but besides that, um, they are pretty wholesome. By but even if they were. Like, even if they are a bit wholesome, they probably would fit all right in Monty Python's Flying Circus in terms of, like, the visual style. Like, there's... Oh, definitely. Like, there's there's one specifically that seems like a Monty Python gag, which is a woman with a very tall neck who's, like, singing, like, opera. And her, like... I guess it's supposed to be, like, her... Like, a lump in her throat, which I... I guess it's supposed to be an Adam's apple, but that's weird because it's a... Well, whatever. Um, but, like... Whatever it is, then that's supposed to be in her throat. That's like going up and down as she's singing. Uh, a little guy walks by with a hammer and eventually bops her foot, and then it hits her uh, top, like hits the top of her throat, like a, like if she's like a like a one of those carnival games with the bells, uh, like. And there's several other kind of things that seem like Monty Python kind of like the one where her where her, like breasts like out of like the one woman's breasts like a bunch of jungle plants start growing out. Yeah, like a cactus. Sudden, what, it looked like. Yeah, Venus and then all of a sudden, a Venus, yeah, a Venus flytrap comes out and then eats her in the mid song, and that's kind of like a that's kind of like a Monty Python type joke you would see, but it also kind of highlights the fact that why there's not a Monty Python episode that's just those segments because after a while they get tiring and they're boring. Well, like I said, I think it was almost attempting to be educational, though. It's you like know, an opera sampler. Yeah, kind of. Let's so get like these it, little kids and, and thinking like my, about opera and stuff. And like each of these characters had a name. What I'm wondering if those names were taken out of like opera history or something, you know? Like maybe they were the names or, of the people who wrote the songs that were being highlighted. I don't know enough about opera or, to say. Or maybe they're um, just like jokes. They're like gags. Well, like yeah, maybe. But, but like that's that's the thing is we, we know so little we couldn't say. So like uh, Yeah, but if it's educational and it's not teaching us anything, what good is it? Well, yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm not making the argument that it's good. I'm just making the <laughs> argument that like this seems to me like what the author was maybe intending. And uh, I mean, we have yes. to, we can't we can't stop talking about this cartoon before we talk about the the segment where a man is singing to a disembodied pig head, and then, oh uh, yeah, that nightmare. Yeah, that, that was nightmare. it. Was kind of a weird one. He's singing to a pig head on a platter, and then eventually his head and the pig's head switch places, and it's kind and he of ends weird. Up on well, the, well yeah. yeah, the pig the pig is singing with him too. Yeah, they're and singing a duet. H.G. got horrified by that. Well, yeah, because it is horrifying. Like. Yeah. I don't know, and it, it just turned into a weird political turn at the very you end. You talk like, like we're not um, like we're not like familiar with disembodied heads. Come on. <laughs> well, like I have I'm just, at I'm just, least I'm just, seven like beneath my desk right now. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, uh, enough about your skeletons in their closet. I mean, I'm just saying. No, they're disembodied heads under my desk. Did you hear me? <laughs> Okay, okay. All right. But but I, I just want to make a point that like all it needed was just on the when the pig's head swapped with the human head, all it needed to be on the pig's body it was just saying taxes on it. And that's all you need to do yeah. for that because it just looked like a fucking political cartoon. Debt. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like if I want to highlight the good of this because there is good. Um the, yeah. uh, so there's a segment, like the very first of these like tiny vignettes is, uh, a boy who's like singing in a cathedral and it does this really cool thing where it pans up 
and you see like the backdrop of the cathedral as if you were watching it like like imagine imagine you were like being rotated your body was being rotated and you were seeing like uh the cathedral like in 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 like a 180 degree rotation and like it had really cool uh it, it was just like a really neat and probably very difficult to draw backdrop I'm, I'm, that i liked happy, a lot I, i'm happy you enjoyed that because i was actually half expecting the rest of the cartoon to be like that and what i was gonna do is i was just gonna start my the next segment of this like the once we came back from the uh, after watching this, was gonna go. Yeah, basically, it was. <laughs> like, like, it's not, it's not so... amusing. It's really boring. Like the entire thing is boring. But like, it had great color control. Um, it's an odd little cartoon. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad cartoon. It's unremarkable. The fact that I compared it to Terry Gilliam right there also yeah. probably should say it. like it's got value to it. It's just it's bland. It's yeah, bland. it's, it's a, kind of it's, boring to watch, and there's not a whole lot else for us to describe. Even. Like, here's the thing: you compare this to Schoolhouse Rock. Here's the thing: I would watch Schoolhouse Rock any day of the week over this because well, Schoolhouse yeah, like, Rock is entertaining. I was, I was, I was only complain. I was only comparing the way the characters were drawn. That's all oh, I yes. meant, uh, and oh, I, yes. I still stand by it. I think they were drawn very similarly. Okay, just um, just for argument's sake, what do you think that Schoolhouse Rock does that this doesn't? It has actual like writing in it. I guess it's not just a bunch. It's not a strain of cliches. It, if it's supposed to be an educational thing, which you guys seem to think that's what it is, um, then it doesn't educate. While Schoolhouse Rock actually teaches things. Like there are things I learned because of Schoolhouse Rock. I learned how bills work through Schoolhouse Rock. I learned how to do conjunctions and various other grammar and math stuff. But I could not tell you anything I was supposed to learn from this short. Opera is a thing that exists. There's what I remember is three is a magic number. A mommy yeah. and a daddy had a little baby. There were three in the family. That's a magic number. <laughs> Good old Schoolhouse Rock education. I had them on DVD. Uh, hey, Schoolhouse Rock rules. Okay. Yeah, they're great. They're great, and they're better than this. Like I'm oh, not definitely. here to make. I'm not here to make that argument because they they are. Oh definitely better than this um i need to get i need to get like cheat this list a bit and get super chicken on this because the thing is that this also had a very 70s type of feel to it like maybe 60s but kind of 70s like one of those areas and super chicken as i discussed in the last episode is very 70s and i love it it's great it's like the exact same style of like humor as you would see in rocky and bullwinkle Mm -hmm. and it's like super fucking great but that's neither here nor there. I'm not gonna go. Let's just go back to the list because well, I'm done talking no, about this. Cause I, well, no, I yeah. just I just want to mention the last one. Like that that final vignette is like a kid who's playing music that sounds kind of like the Violent Femmes a little, <laughs> and well, it really does. And like uh, and it shows everyone being upset because they don't like the new kids' music. So it has it kind of ends on this Except really. Except for the professor. Yeah. It, because I think the implication is that it was the professor when he was a kid or something. I don't know. There, but mm-hmm. like, like, uh, but yeah, it, it does end on this kind of very sour, like, ugh, young the people I, note, and then it ends. Honestly, the way I took it was that he was the father of this little kid, and he was happy because he was oh, carrying on the family have, legacy in his own way. That might be true. I think they had the same last name. That's all I remember. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows? Anyhow, if you want to go to a new cartoon, let's do it. 
Yeah, let's just do it. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's go back to the list. <laughs> that was a I, sensual one. <laughs> I, I, I always say. A cartoon where something happens. You put a little stink into that one. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to pull out my list and let you read all of it. Mm, right. This is very upsetting to listen to. <laughs> this is, this is ASMR trigger. Okay, anyways. <laughs> All right, Alex, drum roll. You know, this drum roll is probably someone's ASMR trigger, too. It's gotta be. Oh, lucky us. <laughs> okay, we're gonna watch a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Oh, uh, not- yeah. Not the Tom and Jerry you know, but the other Tom and Jerry cartoon. And it's right. called It's called Barnyard Bunk. Okay. Alright. Sure. The cows in the meadows they go moo moo moo. I know that my hometown is a one This cartoon saved the night. <laughs> Thank I God like for that cartoon. This cartoon, it's good. Same. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's a rubber hosey style cartoon, uh, characters, turns out it was actually Dick and Larry at the time this cartoon was made and probably eventually turned into Tom and Jerry or vice versa. Um, well, I, I I think it was Tom and Jerry first and then the actual, like, there was like sort of a weird dispute or something. In fact, what could have happened here is that, uh, that this could have been like a reissue of this cartoon where like they just replaced the main title cards with Dick and Larry at later at a later it date. It could be true. Know? Yeah, at any rate, Tom it's it is Dick and Larry, uh in no way affiliated with Tom and Jerry and as the cat and mouse. Uh and it's, uh it's, it's the it's Ghostbusters. How dare you insist- Ghostbusters. Yeah. How dare you insinuate that these are the exact same things and one ripped off the other. Yeah, well, they're they're not very similar. No, no, they're not. So, like, this is, it's a rubber hose cartoon. Uh, There's this farmer who is, he looks kind of like Farmer Alfalfa from that, like, super ancient, like, 1918 cartoon we watched that one time. Yeah. Um, And uh, he's he's asleep on his porch, and there's this, he's being. His farm is a nightmare. It is falling apart. He has a dog that looks like it went through World War One and survived. Uh, oh yeah, it's actually really sad because the dog is like injured, and then he walks outside and gets injured further, and then he well, starts crying. A, well, there's a one really good visual gag that's like happens I think three times, and so it's actually a pretty good. Oh god, yes, where, yeah. Where where uh, where basically uh, the far- well the farmer when he's sleeping like because the shit like the barn is super rickety and he's like underneath like the the skylight thing for like the uh, the porch uh, for the, por- the porch well yeah but the skylight over the porch he's underneath it and the boards are falling apart because the mice are running across him just general wear and tear and stuff and uh, a mouse right like whenever like right before a plank comes out. All of a sudden, a mouse just comes into the screen and in front of the, like, just goes in front of, like, near the camera, like, puts a, holds up a sign to the camera that says, danger, and then the thing hits the farmer. And it happens, like, first it's just a single plank, then the second time, uh, uh, the, like, a bunch of the roof falls off because he, like, leans against, like, the, uh, thing, and then the third time he, he 
basically it's the same gag three times, but it's the actually really well paid. Super good on it. Yeah. Like as soon as you see the sign, it goes down immediately. Word falls. Yeah, it, falls. it almost it almost looks like the mice are summoning misfortune by declaring it dangerous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to it's describe almost, it. It's it's better watched than described, obviously. Like it's it, it's almost like a Cuphead tell or something. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so more mice that look like a Mickey Mouse in this. Yeah, yeah all the mice look a little bit like Mickey. And uh, and so Dick and Larry are playing somehow an entire brass section on two saxophones. Saxophones. Yeah, all doing and spins they, and stuff. Yeah, and they, uh, and they walk up to uh, the farmer's house. And, uh, oh, what did they do? They play, they play some music and... Uh, well, can, let's just go over some of the highlights of the like the weird stuff that happens because like even before we get to Dick and Larry, uh, the the mice are like uh, the mice are like pushing a lawnmower like uh, like they all gathering and just go real fast because they're like running amok of everything, and then they go to like they're heading towards an outhouse, and then out comes the outhouse is a skeleton. Uh, I forgot for about some the skeleton. <laughs> skeleton just comes out of the outhouse it and is, panics as the, the mice run and destroy the outhouse. It and is it's just inexplicable like, and it doesn't fit with the rest of the cartoon. Like, like, why is there a skeleton? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why is there a skeleton? Um, and then like... So Dick and Larry have kind of a Pied Piper type deal where they uh, they control their environment in a way using their music. Uh, the first thing they do, if I remember correctly, is they get a chicken to roll and like rotate and it lays <laughs> eggs along the way in a straight line yeah, it does a ton of it does a ton, a ton of somersaults yeah and the farmer well the farmer is following dick and larry just bemused bemused it oh my god i'm t- i cannot pronounce words tonight bemused yeah very bemusedly that uh, farmer was just, us really he yeah was like, just he was, along for the just, ride he d- had he, no idea what was going on but he was like i like this yeah, <laughs> because he looked very like, huh, okay, <laughs> like for 90% of what goes on in this cartoon. And, uh, but yeah, first it's the chicken roll, and then the saxophones uh, create life by hatching all the eggs at once. Uh, then... They march in a it? straight line. Well, yeah, but like, what's the next and thing that the, the saxophones do? I don't do? remember. Oh, the cow, maybe? Oh yeah, yeah the cow. Yeah. Um, so they they a cow I believe comes out of a barn or maybe the or no like a, something happens and the cow was inside and is outside. I don't remember if it just came. The cow out is or, revitalized by the music. Yeah, and uh, and the cow looks kind of like Molly Moo cow a little bit, but wider kind of. and wearing an apron because it is important that this cow has udders. For the sake of this cartoon, yeah. but cartoons yeah. were not allowed to display udders at the time. Yep. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that little I love I love that little like trivia because like <laughs> it's it's just funny because now whenever I see an udder a cow wearing a skirt, it's just the funniest thing ever, just knowing the origins of why that cow has to wear a freaking <laughs> skirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially like as it's being milked and the farmer looks just as confused as we are, like, where is the milk coming from? And like that's <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, they milk the cows. They also end up summoning some woodpeckers that 
turn a tree into a bunch of lumber. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's one thing I, I was trying to. I was trying to. I knew that there was a thing that made lumber, but I had. I was trying to remember what animal it was, mm-hmm. but it was a woodpecker. Um, I mean, like there are a lot of really good animals in this cartoon, and I was actually really, really sad because like the last two cartoons we had had either no animals or like just like a token dog, <laughs> you know, like, like the, me that those. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like you. And, uh, and, but this one is just full of like happy dancing animals and like mischievous mice and a skeleton, but you know, that's fine. Skeletons <laughs> are fine in anything. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know why there's a skeleton, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, funny. don't ask questions. It's just there. Look, it's, it's just a typical Tuesday in Toontown. So, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, and they yeah. lead the they lead the farmer over to a it looks like some sort of water machine like a catapult that's in a trowel or something and they play yeah. a couple of notes and the notes balance the yeah the notes like catapult the notes, for some reason go ahead Casey yeah like a basket fills with notes as if the notes have weight it pulls up like the the string from the well and it's got a, and at the bottom of that well is a mug of beer it is <laughs> yep it is a beer stein and it is full of foamy delicious beer and as <laughs> as the farmer shoves his face directly into the mug they start playing hell oh but am. before he does that like he licks his lips and the way he does it he like pulls it's, a little bit of his face in just a tiny bit <laughs> and it looks it's really, really weird like, like <laughs> Something like that might look okay on like a talking animal character or something, but on a human ass, human farmer ass face, it's like <laughs> it looks a little <laughs> bit funny. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, he 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 drinks the beer and his. I don't know. I think I think that's the last thing that happens in this sequence before they they go back inside for their payment. And the farmer wipes some cobwebs off of his safe and gives them a bag and takes their saxophones. And because they, he thinks they're magic. Which, yeah. to be Sax- honest, Casey, to be honest, probably. Casey, saxophones. It's going to be the last time I'm reminding you. Saxophones. <laughs> well, they, uh, they go outside and they open the bag of money and it's full of mice and they carry them into a lake. The so basically, he swindled them. Yeah. So well, I mean, I don't know if he intentionally swindled them or not, because I don't know if he really planned the mice being in a bag. You know, because it seems like the, the mice, mice swindled kinda... him. Then yeah, the mice swindled him. Well, the mice took all the money to begin with, and then mice. <laughs> they probably probably bought all the clothes for the animals, and you know, maybe they also bought the 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 medical help for the dog that was like all injured and stuff too. So. Who knows? But uh, you know what? I would accept a bag of cartoon mice for money in exchange for money, honestly. I mean, maybe I wouldn't bring them to my house, but I'd totally go with a party of them or something. (laughs) You would accept a bag of mice for money? No, cartoon mice. Not actual mice. All right. Actual mice, that's cruelty. That's cruelty. I was was going to narc you out. No, I'm not going (laughs) to bring actual mice. No. You're not going to smoke mice? All right, uh, <laughs> smoke mice every day. Yeah, there you go. We. <laughs> I don't know why you brought it to the, the smoking the mice. It's because it's late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, God. I was about to ask. What the hell, Casey? <laughs> I'm feeling funny. All right. So uh, is there anything else? Mice. Yeah, because I smoked mice. So is there, <laughs> is, there, is there anything else in this cartoon to talk about? Uh, it's good and you should watch it. That's about it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I'll include a link in the show notes. Yeah, like every cartoon we watch today will be in the show notes, but this one's like the only one I think you could so, should actually watch, honestly. Let's talk about our prompt. Yes. So, uh, like every week, we have a prompt where uh, people write in uh, either on Twitter or through our email, which our Twitter is toon- at Toontown Public, and our email is ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. And uh, every week we keep the responses in and we see what the people say about the things that we ask them. Because uh, that is how prompts work. And the prompt for this week was, as soon as I get to the page which has the prompt on it, because <laughs> I am a dumbo and I'm taking forever to find this. Uh, okay. What is your least favorite trope or cliche that is common in cartoons? Uh, so we got a lot of responses. Uh, and I think a lot of them are actually pretty dang good. Um, so we our first one is also almost none of them are people who typically write in. So, hey, cool. Um, That's neat. So, yeah. So our first response is from uh, Mr. McCary, Mr. McCary, or at Mizu McCary. Mizu. Uh, Mizu. Yeah. Mizu McCary. Okay, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce the last word, but yeah. But uh, they wrote wrote a little script of what a cliche they hate. The bad guy goes, you can't defeat me. And the protagonist goes, with my friends, I can overcome all odds. A special combined attack. Bad guy, no. He does not like anime. (laughs) That is what I'm getting at. Well, to be fair, I don't like anime. I, neither do I. <laughs> no, I agree. I uh, I feel like that's kind of hokey and Deus Ex Machina. Not a fan. You know well, what would make you guys a fan of anime? Mm. Well, if you all got together with your friends and watched it, the power of friendship can overcome anything. <laughs> you know, here's the here's the funny Good thing though. Point. That's probably true in this case, honestly. <laughs> um, but like, here's the thing. Um. There are definitely Western cartoons that do this kind of thing, too. Like, I think that's the entire premise of Captain Planet, kind of. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are definitely Western cartoons that uh, that have done it maybe even worse. Um, oh, yeah. No, no, like, seriously, it's way worse. Than, like, because when, when the U.S. does it, it's so much more disingenuous. It's so harder to watch. I don't know. Yeah. But, and anyways, uh, we got a response from Tom Holmes, a.k.a. At K K U B. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce that. Wait, so spell it. I got that wrong. K A Y U B E. No idea. Oh, oh, I know what that is. I think that's the, uh, I think that's the little cat thing from uh, Doka Magica. Oh, maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for being mean about anime. <laughs> or yeah. Okay. If, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And his response was, Probably that plot where a sick kid or a kid pretending to be sick starts lording it over their friends and start to, and making them their servants. And you know what? That is a pretty annoying plot thread. Oh, that's I, a, I might need that an up example. In SpongeBob. What? That showed up in SpongeBob with uh, Squidward. 
Yeah, the, there was an episode of Squidward did that, but there was like also uh Oh, I've uh, definitely seen the yeah, I've definitely seen cartoons like this where they, they always like, kind of uh they always kind of end with it being escalated in a way where it's finally inconvenient for the faker. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I don't know, I think that's okay myself. Like I'm not all that upset by it. <laughs> I can, I can well, see like, how it can get uh, annoying, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. for me, it's annoying when it's, like, such a pervasive trope that's, like, all over the place, honestly. Like, I, as much as I have, as much as I could say that it is pervasive, I can't really think of, like, an exact example off the top of my head. But I know I've seen this plot all over the place. And it's annoying to me because I always hate it when people are taking advantage of people's goodwill in a way that like ends basically because usually the moral of those kind of cartoons are don't help people who need it <laughs> kind of like yeah i can see that like because like it's because either that or the lesson is like don't be mean to your friends but a lot of times like the person who's being mean is not an actually nice person so you know it kind of gets muddled in a way i don't know maybe i'm just like Maybe I'm just well, bitter think, by how. I think, I think no, the idea. I think, I think the saying. idea behind it is like, uh, is like if you tell a lie, it could, it could roll out of control. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. but then like, like it, it we live in a society that because like go ahead, HG. Well, I, I was just gonna say like, we we live in a postmodern society where yeah, where we get to a, where we have that kind of joke where like th- that's the standard plot and stuff, but we also have like this thing where we have to try to subvert all those tropes. And when we do so, we make up, like, the morals that are, like, kind of, like, oh, like, kind of, like, kind of meaner and stuff like that. And that ends up becoming the normal because that's basically Maybe all if I, I heard knew. a specific example of this trope being used in that way, I would agree with you. Well. Yeah, maybe. Like. Here's, here's my argument. I think that, you know, this could be interpreted as if you give somebody this much help, they're able to take it that much farther. Like, if you give them an inch, they'll take it a mile, and you can get into some gross shit with that. Oh, okay, Ayn Rand. Uh, anyways. No, uh, no, 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 that's, that's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying! <laughs> well, like... <laughs> yeah. You, you uh, get what I'm saying, right? I, 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 guess, I guess I get what you're saying. Okay, like, cool. Like, they're, they're, the person's being Ayn Randian. And yeah, that that's what I mean, thing. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. We've we've read we reference Anne Randall a lot tonight, and I don't know what what is in what is taking this what's making this happen, honestly. Mm, um, must be something in the air. <laughs> okay, so uh Hybrid Project Alpha or at a round of she responded and said Villains with no motivation, just evil for the sake of evil. And Yep. Um, I, I'm actually more upset about this in non-cartoons than I am about it in cartoons. Um, yeah. I think really the only way that works is if you have something that's focused entirely on, like, the protagonist and the villain is more sort of a driving force and a reason for, like, the story to keep going forwards. Because well, yeah, so otherwise, like, yeah. Like, I feel like Yosemite Sam is that. And I like Yosemite Sam, you know, and like, uh, and like, um, uh, like Lord Hater from Wander Over Yonder is that. And I like Lord Hater. Like, I feel like there are examples of this that are good. What I don't like is when it's, uh, when it is used in a moralistic 
sort of setting, you know, like then I think it's important for villains to have, to not only have motivations, but to have the types of motivations where they would insist themselves that they are not the villains. Yeah. Well, like, here's the thing. Um, On one hand, I totally agree. Like, I think that villains that are just one dimensional are kind of like, garbage and a lot of times like not always because there's definitely f- like but there's always a fun campiness to like a certain kind of one-dimensional villain yeah you know, like miss yeah like Do- dr eve like like with like uh oh god what is it? dr claw like you know he's like just completely one-dimensional but it's kind of amazing how one-dimensional he is and i kind of love him because of that uh just like the purest super villain kind of thing and like there's also the argument you can make that constantly making the villains sympathetic kind of kind of like discredits the evil that they do in a way because that's just how the brain kind of works and kind of like making a villain that's like got like sympathetic reasons can be good but can also backfire if the person's actions are like a like a certain level of cruel and like like terrible in a way because like there are people in the world that actually are just assholes because they just want to get power yeah, and that's well, it. <laughs> and, and it's, but like, I guess, I guess that's the, that's the thing though, is I feel like it's also important to emphasize that sometimes people who are bad, like really bad are human beings and not just cartoon villains, you know? Yeah. Like that's, that's also that's, pretty important. Um, I think that's important, but we're living in a time where a lot of our evil people are kind of cartoonish to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I don't think necessarily sympathizing with those kind of people are yeah. is necessarily a smart idea. Like, I, I have more to say about this, but I don't think it would be fitting for this medium. So I'm going to I'm going to reserve yeah. my comments I, for maybe I later. Guess, I guess I'm guess what I'm trying to say is that yes, I like a villain that is complex and uh, like I, I like the motivation, but I feel like that if there's sometimes where it's not necessarily appropriate either. Yeah, I like, don't. don't. I don't. Like, like where, Yosemite Sam, I think it would ruin it if he was complex. <laughs> but 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 no, but I'm saying the but not just that, but I'm also saying that making a character one like like say like okay, let's talk about like like if in Zootopia, like there is some level of motivation that's kind of there for the main villain's thing, but if you try to make that character super duper sympathetic, that would kind of really undercut the message in a lot of ways. You know? Yeah, I get what you're and, saying. And, like, there's also, like, uh, the same... I was going to make another point with another thing that was similar to that. Oh, uh, Toffee from Star uh, versus the Forces of Evil. He doesn't need to be super... Like, he's he doesn't need to be sympathetic. I mean, he's interesting as is. And he's not one-dimensional, but he's also not, like, a good person at all. Like... You don't need to know anything more about Toffee to understand yeah. why he's a villain. And he's interesting because of that. Because, like, it, it's, it goes in contrast with the villain that we see for most of the show uh, that, like, oh, God, I hate how bad I am with news. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, Ludo. Like, Ludo, like, he is a buffoonish, egomaniacal supervillain, but he also does have, like, a backstory and character and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and there's actually motivations to why he does the things he does, and he's not a one-dimensional being. And it actually puts in perfect contrast to Toffee, who is a little bit more one-dimensional, but is actually a threat. Yeah, so what it boils down to is different contexts depend on different villains. 
Personally, yeah. personally for me, I would like it if like about 85% of my antagonists are like dimensional and they have layers and stuff, but you get those 15% that are just evil for the sake of evil because like you said, they're really fun. Like like the emperor from Star Wars. That guy is that guy's incredible. Yeah. I I do like I also that applies for certain movie villains too. Like, like when they tried making Michael Myers have like a sympathetic backstory. Oh god, yes. It doesn't work. It really doesn't. <laughs> but anyway, well, some people think it works, but I personally don't. But anyways, uh, we've talked a lot about this one specific trope, and we haven't gotten to our thing. So, and we have a bunch of things to go through. So, uh, Vermi Fox uh, says uh, this is a specific uh, one for the seventies and eighties, where shows became and friends or and family. Oh with God! New sidekick babies and scrappy doos added, and yep. And then it was yeah, like Yo Yogi and all that stuff. Eventually, eventually, well, what it became well, no, was no, 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 what, no, 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 Well, no. that's 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 what it evolved into. Was eventually it became cartoons about kids. But I get what you're well, saying, like cartoons like Garfield and Friends, or well, no, 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 no. The problem is not necessarily that where it like started from the beginning as kind of a group project or whatever. The problem is stuff like Scooby Doo which was fine on its own, didn't need changing whatsoever, but some media group said, kids only want kids to be in the cartoon. And they, add, and, they to them. and they create Sco- Scrappy-Doo. And then they add all these really annoying side characters that nobody wants, like Dummy-Doo and like that female Scooby-Doo that I don't even remember her freaking name. And then they get rid of characters that are actually good, but don't quote-unquote, test well. Like, they don't have Velma anymore and don't have uh, Freddy anymore. So it's just Daphne and Shaggy and Scooby-Doo and all those stupid other dog friends that nobody freaking cares about. Yeah, that did happen a lot. Like, stuff like that. That's the stuff that's... Sure, the Yo-Yogis, the Tom and Jerry kids of the world, they they came in as, like, a... Like, kind of, like, as, like, a... Like, a ultimate logical extreme of a lot of that kind of stuff. But... If they start as that, I don't have as much problem with it as much as if it's a well. None of thing those started as they, that; they were adapted into that. Well, no, but I mean, the programs itself yeah, started no, as that. The, yeah, but like, like there's a difference between that and how uh, the real Ghostbusters went to the real Ghostbusters and Slimer and became mostly about Slimer and made Winston less of a character because he's a black guy and had a bunch of little kid Ghostbusters. Yeah. And also made you need a motherly character instead of a badass, like how she always was, you know, stuff like that. Who else responded? Where it's just, um, okay. We also got ones from a response from, uh, Sapphire Jack, who, uh, has responded to us before. He's actually probably, probably the last few dozen, well, not a few dozen, but the last few uh, prompts. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for sending in your responses throughout the weeks. We appreciate yes, it. Very much so. Uh, and he said, adult cartoons that are just shock and sex. Like, yep. Steven Ewers is more adult than the direct, like, Coonskin or any Mike, uh, Mike Judge tune on MTV. And while I agree with the first half, I'm going to have to strongly disagree with the second half because uh mike judge like you could say a lot about mike judge there's certain things he's done that i'm not really a fan of i think like the good family yeah the good family and i think idiocracy is highly overrated but beavis and butthead rules (laughs) i love beavis and butthead king of the hill is amazing 
Well, yeah, but he was talking specifically MTV stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. And, and like, because, uh, like, oh my god, Beavis and Butthead is, like, even Patrick Stewart loves Beavis and Butthead, because it is is a satire. It's just a very, like, kind of, like, sure, you might, might say that, like, Beavis and Butthead kind of sort of glorifies those idiots, and you can make that argument fine, but I think there's enough con- in-context stuff within the show itself that kind of, like, shows how terrible they are that it kind of works and it's also just a funny indictment of just dumb assholes who like basically just get by by just being dumb assholes in the right lucky time like it's kind of that yeah and I, plus I, if you didn't like being somebody it's Daria, so yeah it's Daria, and daria's freaking rules um but you know I, I agree for the most part with you sapphire because that was kind of thing we we're talking about before when we were talking about south park because it kind of is just that. And so is Family Guy that. And that also, like, Brickleberry and, like, oh, God, there's so many of these yeah, terrible, whole, whole but the, I think I think the thing is a lot of these people fall into the trap of, since we're an adult cartoon, we can do adult things. And then they make that show entirely about that. Well, like, the problem is that, like, they want to not be considered a kid's cartoon. So in order to do that, they do literally the opposite, like, like the product go extreme as they possibly can because otherwise, because, Oh, isn't it shocking that a cartoon has Kevin McAllister being shot in the head by the burglars at the beginning of the movie, as opposed to like the actual movie happening itself, you know, which is a real family guy gag that I just yeah, saw I was about to say. Day. That sounds that sounds like something family guy would do. And no, that was li- d- the yeah. other the other demographic that's really bad at that is like like video game animators. Or it's like, yeah, what if Ash Ketchum had a gun? And it's like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> racist Super Mario. Yeah, what if Mario jumped on a turtle and it died? And it's like, all right, <laughs> I get it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What if Yoshi but weed? Yeah, exactly. Basically, <laughs> except except Yoshi with weed is kind of awesome. Yoshi but Anyways. smoking mice. <laughs> anyway, so okay. Who else? Uh, amateur det- distress or okay, I'm gonna definitely misspell, <laughs> miss say this uh, name. At uh, uni da- I unided typing on o- objects. Okay. You definitely uh, said that wrong, but sure. Unidied t- typing obj. Unidentified uh, typing object or? Well, yeah, but it's But o- that's not how it's spelled. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but anyways, uh, the obnoxious friend who is unlikable in almost all ways, but the rest of the cast stays friends with them because the audience can find them funny. And yep. Oh, so control delete. <laughs> well, Yes, but I don't think they were the ones who created this trove. Um, maybe Scrappy Doo. And uh, maybe Scrappy Doo kind of falls in this. I'm thinking more like the Cartmans of the world. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Like that are like people who are just abhorrent and just nobody has would ever like them in real life and or even be friends with them in real life because they are terrible, selfish, mean, and dislikable people. Like. Like Timmy Turner, okay. If we want to talk about car- like if one, Timmy Turner is an asshole. F- Timmy Turner. Nobody would like Timmy Turner. There's no reason why anyone fucking puts up with him at all, at all. Fairly but odd parents also did the scrappy dude thing. 
<laughs> God, they totally did. Um, they did twice because not only did they bring in Poof, the baby uh, fa- fairly odd parent, but they also brought in that like friggin' other little girl that I don't even remember her yeah, name. I think they got Shares- a dog too. And that that whole that whole sh- like the sharing fairy guys like it only makes Team Turtles even worse of a person. <laughs> like, ah, God. Yeah, I hate Team Turner so much. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Um, but anyways, yeah. Like, why would anyone? Why would the Rugrats hang out with Angelica? Why would the Rugrat? Like, why? Why would like? Uh, why does cat like dog put up with cat? Other than the fact that they're like attached to each other like there's so many people the cartoons with just the most unlikable people out there and they're friends for no other reason because it would be a foil to make a joke and that annoys me it also creates a lot of really really negative like expectations for what is okay to be doing with your friend but you know whatever um so what do you guys respond with uh, I can go first if you like me to. Go ahead. Okay. I really, really dislike the trope where, like, some kid or somebody has, like, a super secret magical power or something, and then it gets taken away one episode, and then they're like, oh, no, it's okay. It was special. You were the special thing this entire time. That That's dumb. No. If you had mm. a superpower, you can hold on to that for the rest of your goddamn life. That's that's some cool shit right there. Don't yeah. Don't don't mix up with self esteem stuff like Steven Universe. Steven Universe used this in a way that really pissed me off with a uh, paradox. There mm. was this uh you know uh that episode where they go to the uh, amusement park, you know? I don't. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then so the, you're. Go ahead. So you're, Oh, so you're like, okay, with specifically with the Peridot thing, and this is kind of spoilers, so spoilers. Um, like, the whole thing was that Peridot didn't know, even know in the first place that she could do this, though. So, like... Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if that... I don't know. Uh, just, you're, could you repeat that? Well, she just doesn't really know that she could do this in the first place. Like, nah, she just... The thing, the thing is, they, they, they wrote that in a really weird way, where it was like, Oh no! You needed to remove your technology in order to learn that you could do this stuff, which is it, it felt like they were pulling that out of there. Well, I I read it more like that she thought that the technology made her able to do the things that she was able to do because that's basically how she was taught, and she thought that she would be not special without it. And then eventually she learned that oh wait, this is actually something I can't do. That this is just like a thing that was forced upon me and now I'm good, better without it because I can actually like be the person I want to be without having to like augment myself with something that's like you know mm. I don't know I, like, I didn't read that all that I, I don't know that that's I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining my point correctly with the uh, with the trope that I hate I, I dislike uh, the I dislike I think, the I think, I, think, I think a better example if you want to go within the Steven universe is Steven losing the ability to like heal for a long, long time because his dad kind of like screwed him out of that ability. Cause he thought made him not believe that he could actually do it. Okay. And then he lost the ability to do it. And then one time he finally was able to get back to it. That's a better example of that. And I can understand why that is frustrating. And there are things that have done way worse than Steven universe, but I can understand why you're frustrated by that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah just, I, just kind of the whole the magic was in you the whole time kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it partitions out those special things about us into just 
oh no, those those aren't important. If you lost that, you'd be just fine. Which with some stuff, no, no, there's some stuff you about didn't people need that the medication. You were fine <laughs> all on your own. Okay, but, I yeah, mean, like yeah. if you if you took away my writing ability, like my ability to write, I would I wouldn't be able to go on. Yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I don't know. I think that's kind of I think that's kind of ableist, honestly. <laughs> like, wait, really? Yeah, like because there are people who do lose these things, and then they actually end up becoming wholer people, you know. Like, and like it, the the point isn't that like yeah, it doesn't. It's like it's not like that. It wouldn't suck to have the ability to lose these things, but you could still be a whole person without certain things. And that's okay. Yeah. But also the, the pro, but like I mentioned, the prospect of this is ableist too, because like what it implies is that you don't need crutches. Nobody needs crutches. Nobody needs to, nobody needs tools to assist themselves. It's all in you. Yeah. You know, like that's ableist too. Like that's super ableist. No, 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 that is ableist. I actually agree with both of you in different areas. Uh, and I disagree in different areas. That's so. that's fine. I, I got I got my bias. But no, I, I think Casey making the point that like using medication as an example of this kind of thing is actually a very good point because as someone who does take behavioral medication, no, I kind of do need that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. If if I if I'm like if I, if I'm actually being like ableist at this moment, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know. No, it's, I apologize no, no, like, it's okay, man. Like seriously, like uh, I. I'd be more upset if your reaction to that was to say "fuck you," <laughs> like. Fair so so like, because like, maybe I'm not necessarily understanding what you're trying to say either. But like, to me, the idea of like, oh, that that having a thing that like makes you be able to do something, losing that ability to do it, make, doesn't mean that you're incapable of being a decent person or incapable of being a fully functional person is kind of inherently ableist. Uh, though I do also think that it is ableist to also say that uh, you should take away, taking away people's crutches is always a good thing because sometimes those crutches are there because they actually fucking need them. Okay. All right. I think there Just may be, like, yeah, I think there may be a certain level of misunderstanding here between the three of us, uh, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think we need to explore much more. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just stop by saying that I believe that there are some things that if you completely take them away from a person, it, like it damages them. Yeah, like it's, it's not, it's, yeah, and that's, that's not wrong. Like it, it would not be great <laughs> to lose an ability. Not great. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they can't be people. But nobody, 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 sure, nobody sure. made that claim. <laughs> that's all. I'm well, saying. that's well, that's that's kind of the thing. Is it kind of goes into a yes and whatever i'm 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 kind of just going in a circle here i'm not gonna like i said uh like i said there like we've all said there's a certain disconnect here and maybe i'm not explaining my point like clearly enough but it's it's fine once again Uh, if i if i've said anything that like is like is like offensive or i i don't really i don't really know i i'd want to do better on that so it's okay it's okay so uh mine is um the clip show you know those aren't super common anymore they they aren't but there are more than i can count and it's always the same thing like oh man the power went out (laughs) oh man we're stuck and we have to wait for help might as well tell stories 
You know, at like, least that spawned like, something good with The Simpsons. That that like, one song at the end. Yeah, well, and there's also Treehouse of Horror. Like, obviously, there are exceptions to this, but like, I just, I just hate like the whole, the that whole cliche of like, oh no, we are stuck. What are we going to do? Better tell three stories so that we can have three animation studios work on one episode. You know, I mean, like, with, <laughs> I mean, with Treehouse of Horror, counts that because I've always seen clip shows as like. Oh, let's go back and reuse animation because we're out of time. Well, that's that's not like and like I guess I'm I'm saying that yes, it does. Like uh, like it doesn't. I'm okay. I, I think both of those are examples of what I'm talking about. You know, like like sometimes mm. I hate it when they do make new material and instead they make like three, you know, like five minute shorts. <laughs> mm. You know, like I what I mm. what I don't what I don't like about it is just that. Uh, well, you know, like the the surrounding episode and like i just feel like it produces generally weak material well okay here's i'm gonna make a few points all at once about this topic uh one i agree that the clip show that is just reused footage is absolute garbage and it's uh it's telling that a the only, like even the Simpsons clip show episodes are complete garbage even though they're completely making fun of the concept of clip shows 90 percent of the time like it's like it's even when they're like self-aware, a clip show is still a terrible clip show. And the only be the only actual really good clip show episodes are the ones where they make fun of clip shows and just show like either clips from the exact same episode or like completely altogether new clips. And they're like, wait, when did that happen? That kind of like thing. Uh, like that one that one really early South Park episode where they're going back to like different episodes and it, it like uh, the scenes end completely differently and there's always a reference to ice cream worked into them. Yeah, or like something like uh, like the, my favorite one was the one of the the Ed and Eddie episode that did this where like uh, they like not they were like doing a thing where it was like a typical like like uh, like a typical like. Uh, like a framing device for uh, one of these kind of show, a clip show where it's like, they're going to have a garage sale and they're cleaning out all their stuff. And they look at objects from famous episodes. Like, Hey, remember the time when we did this, but instead of like cutting to the moments where they actually had clips from the like actual like cartoons, they say they bring up objects where they're like, Hey, remember the time when we had uh try to trick Johnny into thinking he was in a time machine. And they're like, wait, what happened? And then they start explaining that what was actually going on. Cause that's actually more like what would actually happen is if like, if they, everyone knows that like, that what happened, they're not going to try explaining everything that what happened They're for the stuff. They'll be like, wait, when did that happen? And they start explaining that that's when that would happen. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and like that, that, the whole episode is just like, it has like references to old episodes, but they never go back to any of the old episodes. It's always stuff that they don't actually remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so it actually works. Um, uh, but my other point regarding uh, what you're cons- what, what you also consider a clip show, which is that it's like there's a framing device and three like smaller cartoons or whatever. I actually really like that um, only because it usually means that the creators can do something like um, that they know won't like stretch for a whole episode of a cartoon or just too out there to be in there. Um, but it's still work. It's still funny and still interesting like we bear bears actually did one of these not too long ago for halloween uh and it was just two like little 
horror episodes that are only maybe like five minutes long, but they're still fun little horror shorts. Um, That's but fine. I kind of, but I think they kind of would have like if they went on longer than they did, they probably would have dragged and wouldn't been as good. You know. Yeah, that's okay. Like it, it, that doesn't have to be your answer. It's <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just sort of explaining my. Yeah, no, I get it. That. I, I, like I said, there are exceptions. I thought, like, I Treehouse of Horror, I like, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh. So my response, uh, is honestly kind of something I've already touched upon in a previous episode, but I really, in fact, actually, I think someone else kind of already answered mine, which was that. The friend that nobody likes, but they people just keep on ha- like, like kind of hanging out with them and stuff like that. But also one thing I kind of hate, which might actually be kind of sacrilegious for people who like cartoons, but I really don't like it when cartoons have like this sort of like no continuity whatsoever in between episodes, where like an episode could like literally be like oh, the main characters are going to die or are dying or something like that. And then the next episode, nothing. No reference, nothing whatsoever to what Christ, happened. you must really hate Teen Titans Go, then. I have never seen an episode... Well, no, I've only seen one episode, and the only reason why I saw it is because Weird Al Yankovic played Darkseid, and that rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is pretty great casting, though. Yeah. Uh, and... Like... Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's I don't like that. Like, the, Johnny Bravo, like, for a long time was actually, like, for, like, the first se- season and a half or something, like, maybe two seasons, it was actually pretty dang good because it was, like, um, I liked the art style much better that time, too. And it was before they introduced characters like Carl and Pops and stuff like that, which I didn't care for. Um, I fact, Actually, I remember that being the Johnny Bravo, like, redesign and re-release of the cartoon was the first time I remember really hating changes to a cartoon or a show in general that I really liked because uh, the first it was just like the first season is just a bunch of surreal nonsense that actually makes Johnny while still kind of misogynist actually kind of relatable and interesting and like nice at times he's not a dick all the time is the thing he's just a moron who doesn't understand how to actually like get women and stuff um he like and like and the thing is they also frame that as being a bad thing that johnny can't get women because he is a misogynist asshole um and then in the later seasons they start adding characters like carl and pops and johnny bravo just becomes the most unlikable person ever and nearly every episode is like someone shot showrunners or something I think that's what it happened. And like okay. nearly every nearly every episode ended with Johnny like about to die or Johnny like in a situation that he could never get back on. Everyone hated him. There's literally nothing he can do to fix it. Um there's also a Dexter level episode, like a single Dexter and I really hated where it ended with Dexter and Mandark like accidentally blowing up the world and then they're like angry at each other and i hated that episode because it was just it was weirdly traumatic to me that like oh i guess the world just exploded and they're the only people left in the entire world that's a f***ed up thing honestly well, yeah because they killed all their family exactly and it was just like that messed me up honestly a lot as a kid i think that actually gave me nightmares for a while but i don't know my, my point is that i don't like it when cartoons just 
kind of go off the deep end in a way and just never do anything with it. Like it's never like there's never consequences for like the terrible things that they do. And mainly and, though, like, do you, does that bother you when you watch like Looney Tunes or something? Not necessarily because yeah, that that's 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 uh that's what I'm thinking here. Sometimes that allows for like more freedom to do gags and stuff. But. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, that's that's why it's like hard for me to explain why I think it's it's hard for me to explain why I think it's okay with the Looney Tunes doing that kind of thing, and say like a Billy and Mandy or a Johnny Bravo or something like that. I, I don't know if it's just like I don't know if it's just like the people who are like getting the rough, like rough edge of the stick. I guess like maybe it's that like the people that we're most sympathetic with are the characters that are getting like the most shit on. And the only time where that's okay for me was, like, with Daffy Duck, because a lot of times he kind of deserved it. <laughs> and also, okay. like, but, like, but it wasn't, like, in a very unlikable kind of, like, it was still kind of an interesting asshole Daffy Duck. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, maybe I just have sort of a bias between, like, when it comes to, like, the difference between, like, an old, old-fashioned cartoon that did this kind of thing and, say a modern age cartoon. And especially now days where like nearly every cartoon has some level of continuity now. Uh, it's more egregious than ever whenever I do see it. And it kind of makes me mad. I don't know. Okay. We got a lot of, uh, mileage out of this prompt, man. Yeah. There's a lot, lot of good discussion. Yeah. A lot of really good stuff here. Uh, thank you to everyone who sent stuff in. It was really cool hearing, uh, hearing your thoughts on this. Absolutely. And uh, so I'm not going to try to take us out for longer, too much longer. So uh, I just want to quickly give out their prompt. Uh, and this one's actually going to be a somewhat different one than we have done in them before. Because instead of being like, what is your favorite this or that? Or what is your least favorite this or that? This is me giving a proposition between three types of animation. Traditional animation... CG animation or stop motion animation? Ooh. Which one do you uh, like best and why? Can I repeat it one more time? Traditional animation, CG animation, or stop motion animation? Which do you prefer and why? Okay. I, I know that's extremely broad and kind of hard to answer, but like, I think it's an interesting debate because I honestly, like, like, I'm not one of those people who actually feels like that. CG is inferior to traditional or traditional is in, like superior to whatever. And I don't think stop motion necessarily is better than both of them, but I think they all have their strengths and weaknesses. And I do think it's all about taste. Um, especially nowadays where we like our CG animation can like look just as good, if not better than a lot of older, like older animated stuff. I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to, I'll totally stand by that. Uh, but you know, yeah, it's 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 an interesting debate, and I think it's one worthwhile. So, no, I like this one. I think I think that we're gonna get like uh, a lot of good ideas about this because they, like you said, they all have their strengths and cons, and even so, older doesn't necessarily mean better. Newer doesn't necessarily mean better. You can put out like complete masterpieces from any three of these, and like cite them as why you think this is the best one. Exactly. Uh, so, all right, so that was Toontown Public Works. Uh, 
Thanks as always to Alex for doing our wonderful editor. Thank he does you, a lot Alex. of different stuff. Alex is freaking great and we love him. Thank you yes. very much, Alex, for being Alex. Thank Alex for Alex. And oh, I should also mention uh Mikolith or aka uh Alex uh who does uh burn down the sandcast. Someone uh messaged him out of the blue and said, uh, are you the Alex from Toontown Public Works? <laughs> and neither of us knew who this guy was, so we're gonna have a guy who like apparently found our pockets through some other method or whatever, which kind of makes me a little giddy because that means we're not just talking to our friends. <laughs> but anyways, uh, no, yeah, Miko, go, go ahead. Miko, Miko is not Alex. Uh, and listen to uh, burn down the sandcast. Yeah. Go totally check out burn down the sandcast. It's kind of like what we do, but on a different subject, I believe video games. They're a lot more pessimistic, but I think <laughs> they're, I think they're all right. They are good folks. Um, but yeah, what what uh, what topics do they cover again? Uh, video games and just general news stuff. Like they talk about like pop, modern events and stuff like that. But mainly video games, honestly. But anyways, uh, we would also like to thank. Let's see. Well, we would like to thank you for listening, obviously, and writing in and doing all this stuff. Uh, you can uh, help spread the word by just telling a friend about li- to, to listen to this. And also to go onto iTunes and give us a review, or even on Stitcher or Google Play. I'll be perfectly honest. I check iTunes a lot, and we haven't gotten any reviews. But I haven't really checked Stitcher or Google Play ever, because I have no idea how to even check those. So, like, uh, but, so maybe we already have a review on those things, but we would like to hear from you either way. Uh, our Email is uh, ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. Send us an email to tell us anything you want. Or, you know, if you have any interesting insights or if you want to respond to our prompts or even past prompts, you can do that. Uh, also, our Twitter is at ToontownPublic. Uh, that, that's the place <laughs> where we'll be tweeting out, like, our prompts early. Because the way our schedule works now, we're actually going to be getting our prompts out before we get our actual podcast out. So you'll see the prompts there first. So if you want to get in edge edge in first, then there you go. Um, and it's also where we like retweet some cute stuff, learn about cartoon news, and uh, you know just occasionally talk about weird, goofy things about cartoons. Uh, let's see what else. What else? What else? What else? Uh, if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, there's there's that too. But I don't know. I don't know if you want to do that. Or just, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to tell you my handle. You're just going to have to find it on your own. You're going to have to search for it. Honestly, call <laughs> me at your own risk, friends. That probably won't yeah. take you very long, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh. I think that's it. Is, oh well. Okay. In the show notes, we'll have links to all the cartoons that we uh, that uh, we watched today. Um. That's also the link where. That's also where we we'll learn have like additional credits about like what our theme song is, which honestly I do not know the name of because it's some weird old-timey thing that's in the public domain, so... Yay. Uh, and it's also where we might list any additional information if we ever have any. So, let's see. Is there anything else? Because I feel like I'm the only person left here. <laughs> I think Casey died. No, I'm here. <laughs> uh, that's it, though. There's nothing else. There's nothing else to talk about. Okay. Uh, well... Well, let sleeping dogs lie. So, uh, I'm H.T. the raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sid the cat. And this has been Toontown Public Works, and these cartoons have been archived.
Sirk. Sirk, kitty, kitty, kitty. Kitty, kitty. Oh, no. Where'd the kitty go? 